today I want to uh, cover a little bit from the um, from this iskashrus over here um, to discuss the preparations for Purim and hopefully also get a little bit about Tainus Esther. Um, as the month already begun, and we're already three days in the month right now, but if you want to have a successful Purim, uh, you must prepare yourself properly. Uh, success is measured uh, by the Rebbe and by Chabad, not only how well you can celebrate your holiday, but how much of the holiday you can bring to other people. And to prepare yourself in a way that you can share and you can involve as many people as possible, that they should be part of it to fulfill basically um, all the mitzvahs. Uh, and the goal is sort of a uh, almost outrageous is that there should not be even one Jew in any furthest corner of the world who should not be included as part of this, what they call a Mifzah Purim. A Mifzah is, in Israel, they always use the word Mifzah, and the Rebbe adopted that language, Mifzoyim, or Mifzah. Mifzah means the uh, special um, uh, program of... Uh, um, I'm missing the right word right now to uh, translate the. I don't have the right English word right now, but that's the uh, that's the um, idea to go ahead and plan properly in time so that we can make sure that everybody is part of the festival of Purim. Now, there is of course certain mitzvahs which are specifically to be done during the holiday of Purim, during the day of Purim. But there is also, in addition to that, uh, that we don't just want to do each one individually, but to try to get people together to do some of these mitzvahs uh, in a way that it's a community together. And the Rebbe articulated, when the Rebbe spoke about this, uh, the Rebbe articulated that you know, people have sometimes their meal, their poor meals in their own home, and, uh, you know, you go from home to home to help uh, people celebrate their Purim, but then you also go to get together in a more public place uh, so that you can sort of celebrate a whole bunch of people together, not just individually people by themselves. And the Rebbe further also spoke about the um, idea of giving tzedakah in a public way, but he said, of course... We're talking about giving it to charity in a pushka or not to give to the poor people publicly because when we give uh, to poor people who actually are in need should be in a very honorable, respectful, in a way that doesn't embarrass them or shame them. Uh, and uh, this idea to also utilize Purim to bring people to unite, make people together, bring people together. Um, there's also another caution over here you know, children especially, they dress up on Purim. And we have special laws that the garments that we wear should not be a mixture of linen and wool together. That would be shatnas, that would be kilayan shatnas. And uh, unfortunately, uh, children's dress up sometimes have uh, head, head, head covers and garments. Since you don't use it on a regular basis, people don't check them for shopness. So you've got to be careful 
before you uh, put them on, before pouring, just to make sure that they are clear of shotness. That's the only way you're allowed to uh, wear them. Um, and the Rebbe also instructed that, you know, generally on Shabbos, we should not prepare for the weekday, and we should only deal uh, with Shabbos matters. One cannot really discuss his affairs that he wants to do during the week because Shabbos is not the appropriate time. Shabbos is holy. You shouldn't use Shabbos to do your weekday preparation. But it's different, as we know, that things which are important to the community is something that we can make preparations and speak about on Shabbos. So therefore the Rebbe says that the preparation for the Purim and the success that it should be in an organized and a successful way um, can be done on Shabbos. And the Rebbe also emphasized that we should not forget people who are in senior citizens' homes, elder, the elderly, people who are in uh, hospitals, who are in um, not people who are in prisons, people who are in the army, in the, uh, in the police, uh, in every place. These are people that sometimes get sort of forgotten under the, uh, um, they're not under the radar and people don't see them and the Rebbe makes sure that they should be um, taken care of. Certainly the Rebbe says we must make the emphasis as far as the Israeli army, the Tzahal, Tzvahagan Ali Israel, the army uh, who are there uh, standing and literally with their bodies, they are self-sacrificing. They're ready to protect the land of Israel um, to um, uh, give them and make sure. And that's actually a big tradition in Israel. And it goes back for many, many years. Even when I was there as a student in the yeshiva, and that goes back more than uh, more than 30 years ago, actually, um, um, it's going to be 40 years. Um, it's going to be pretty soon. It's going to be 40 years. I don't want to give away my age, <laughs> but it's going to be 40 years. Um, and um, um, next year, it's going to be 40 years since I came went to Israel. Uh, so we, we actually went around all over Israel and for a kid, an American kid, an 18-year-old, uh, uh, going, uh, we, we went on all kinds of of, of, of places where no civilians are allowed to go. We went uh, to places in high mountains in which you can see all of Jordan. We went in the Bikata Yarden, and but the main purpose was to go to these soldiers. You bring them, some of them, they stand on these motzavim. Those are outposts in which they look. And uh, they there's only about five, six soldiers over there. And they get a, like a delivery, or sometimes, um, if you want to get a delivery once a day, you know, from their for their needs, you know, somebody dri- drives around to these places, and they're basically held up in those places, looking, uh, called it a tatspit, you know, where they lo- a lookout basically, mm-hmm. on a high mountain, and they can see the other side, the whole area, and they're like the first warners of anything that is. Uh, uh, out of the ordinary, they can, uh, and you know, it was a lot to go there. And then we went at that time. They still, uh, when I was there, they still had this Sinai still belonged to Israel this was before they gave away the Sinai to uh, the Egyptians. Um, we flew with a, uh, I'm not sure it was a Hercules or some other uh, plane, you know, no seats and no thing like that, right in the Huge. desert. 
huge, and they have these seats are made up from straps, like yeah, uh, side. straps on the side, and you just you know, and you fly under uh, and uh, you know desert, desert, endless desert. You know that's all what you see there. So that was especially in Israel until today. Uh, they are. Um, you know, there have been lately groups that are complaining about, so they're trying to restrict a little bit. But yet, Chabad gets to all the different uh, army bases and uh, brings them the joy of Purim, brings them the Shalachmanas, brings them all the things. And um, the Rebbe says that do all these things with great joy because when you do things with joy, you break through all barriers. You are able to be very successful. Um, and um, the Rebbe also says, don't forget, there are unfortunately people that can't afford, forever are financially destitute, to make sure that the people that don't have of their own, they should have what, they, what it takes so that they have their needs of Purim taken care of, so to see to it. And here you see um, the Rebbe's emphasis all the time, just to make sure to take care. It's not just take care of their spiritual well-being, but to make sure that they get the celebration, that they get the joy of the holiday, that they get the needs, so that they have enough to be able to uh, celebrate and they have the financial means as well. And the Rebbe wants us to take care of that. That's besides Matanos Levyonim that we do on the on the holiday. That's just so they have all the uh, all the needs. So they, yeah, for Suda and what they need, you know, uh, to help them make joy the Purim. Sometimes it's not enough just to give them a gift is just you're fulfilling your obligation, but you got to see that the poor people have what it takes to have a celebration of Purim. Um, the Rebbe, of course, wants to be able to give as many people as possible opportunity to fulfill the special mitzvahs of Purim as well. So you have to uh, try to read the Megillah for people uh, that, um, you know, that wouldn't otherwise hear. So you have like hundreds and hundreds of students in all the yeshivas, Chabad yeshivas, prepare to read the Megillah so they can go out in all different places to read the Megillah for people. Now, it's interesting that um, we read the Megillah two times. We read it once at night time and we read it once at the daytime. And um, it's more important to read it during the daytime is more than the nighttime. So if you have, people don't know it because uh, most of the people come together uh, at the nighttime, that's easier, and, but in the morning they run off to work and you know, Purim is a work day, so they don't pay attention. And, but the truth is that the day is, um, is the main reading. Now, there is a debate in halacha, like it was an exception, you know, in certain circumstances, Let's say um, this is a discussion of the codifiers, and that's not uh, you know the place now to go through all the details. But let's say uh, you're in a situation where you're afraid um, that they might not let you read the Megillah two times. Uh, you're under circumstances like that, so you're you're it comes at nighttime of Purim, and you're worried if you're going to read it then, then they might not let you read it the next day. Should you, uh, so usually we would say, read it now, and then, you know, Hashem will help you on the next day that you'll be able to read it. But in a case when you're trying to help people with the Megillah reading, it's uh, more important. If you can't be at a person's place two times, 
So you have a choice to either be there at nighttime or the daytime. The better thing is at the daytime. Now, the um, mitzvahs of Purim are pretty simple mitzvahs to fulfill. Two of them. Reading the Megillah is a Gansa Megillah, as they say. So you got to sit. You know, they, they have today a uh, contest. How quickly can you read the Megillah? It could take you 15 minutes. Uh, you know, whatever. It takes us about a half an hour over here, approximately. But they try to do it quickly. But still, it's a, it's a task. You know, sometimes people can't sit through. The elderly, you know, have a hard time sitting and listening. It's a little bit of... But there's two mitzvahs which are very easy to do. And that's why one should definitely try to do them. That is sending gifts and, uh, to the friend and giving gifts to the poor. So... That's something which you should advertise as much as possible that everybody, you know, through uh, uh, publicity, through the radio, through the papers, the television, the internet, etc. So what should you do? That First of all, to speak about how important it is to do these mitzvahs and um, uh, to, 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 to fulfill the mitzvahs of, of giving shalach monas and matonas levyonim. And um, to also encourage them to do that. Um, if you're bar mitzvah, of course, or bat mitzvah, you have to do it. But even uh, if you're uh, minors who have to already reach the age to be educated, you have to educate them to do it. And if you're not sure if they're of age or not, go ahead, do it anyways, because you should, you should, you should better do it. And uh, sometimes children think oh, my parents are sending Shalach Monas, I don't have to send it. But that's, besides the fact um, that this is not everybody's opinion. Some opinions say that if the parents send, then the children don't have to send. Uh, but besides the fact, some homes, the Rebbe says the parents don't send either. So mm-hmm. it's important that the teachers, the rabbis should uh, educate, should remind their children and in all the schools that they personally should fulfill the mitzvah of Shalach Monas and Matonas Levyonim, giving gifts on Matonas Levyonim and Purim. What do we do? For Shalach Monas, really, minimally, we need two types of food. Like you can have, say, like a different bracha on the food. Two types of food made in bracha. Say you have a, a, an apple and a candy. That would be a good... Uh, I guess the apple is the healthy part and the candy is the unhealthy part. But, you know, you know, my kids, um, some argue that there has to be a kizayis between the two of them, the size of an olive, two of them. But putting in an apple and a, and a candy, or better yet, a food and a drink. So you have a food and you have a drink, uh, which would be uh, two types also in the, in, as far as that goes. Like for, take a piece of cake or a hamantash or uh, some azonos, and two bracha, and you put in a, a drink. Uh, of course, we're not talking about any hard drinks. We're talking about uh, light. A juice box. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty straightforward, easy to do. And it's easy, it's fun, easy to do. Then you have the mitzvah of giving gifts to the poor. All what you need is two pennies, really, or two prutas, which is a very small amount of money. So that each poor person gets one pruta, you give one to one and one to the other. Um, 
Of course, the more tzedakah you give, the better it is. But we're talking about minimally, minimally give one penny to two different, uh, each one a different uh, uh, tzedakah. Now, the Rebbe is also very important over here to make sure to keep the laws of tzniyas, of modesty, so that when you're sending uh, the uh, gifts to the uh, soldiers, so the men should receive the gifts from the uh, men's organization, sort of, from the men's club or the brotherhood. And or in this case, it's called, uh, it was the Tzirei uh, Chabad, that's the men's section of the uh, outreach work. And for the women, uh, there's women serving in the army, they should get it from the name of Neshei Chabad, the women of Chabad. So to have the genders receiving from the right way, as is the halacha. And it's important not just to give them the shalach monas, to show them how, give it to them to make the Purim, but you should see to it that they should also fulfill the mitzvah. Because in addition of giving them the mishloach monos, giving them the gifts, you want them to fulfill the mitzvah as well. And the way to do it is we already have in the Talmud. So if you're giving like a box, you're giving out boxes, like we put together boxes of shalach monos. So what you do is you have them swap. So each one gets to give the other one also. So not only are they receiving, but they end up giving because they're swapping the boxes. And they used to do it sometimes by the meal. The Rebbe says... Um, in the army, they feed them, right? So, and when you don't have a box, they should take what they have, their portion, to go ahead and swap it to the to the other um, uh, other person, um, a, a man to a man again, and a woman to to a woman. And also, it's important. One, I'm sorry. One second. Uh, also, that um, you know, uh, give them the coins. They don't always have coins. So just give them the coins that is necessary for them to fulfill the mitzvah. So you give them the coins for them to do the mitzvah. Yeah, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I was just wondering, as you as a group went out uh, yes. to the uh, army outposts, are you saying women went out also? No. The, um, oh, the, the, with my group, there wasn't women. It was uh, just, no, just, just men. Right. But, but, uh, but Rebbe is saying, who is the one? We acted as agent for the women's organization, for the women and for the men, for the men. I, I actually didn't experience that in what we were, we just had boxes, we just gave everybody whatever we had. We didn't, uh, then we went, we danced with, of course, with the men, and uh, there are more men usually, I mean, a lot more. I mean, there's just very few places anyways where we are, because there wasn't such places where we were, wasn't so popular uh, places. They were just like in uh, in, in isolated area. Um, the... Um, um, there is something interesting that he mentions here, but um, uh, that he brings down from a footnote from the Rebbe over here. That also, when you uh, speak for the uh, for this for for the women soldiers or for for women for that matter, it seems like the Rebbe said it should really be a woman speaking for them, giving them the words of. Of, of uh, encouragement and uh, words of uh, meaning should be done by a woman, the Rebbe says over here. Okay, so now, uh, 
the uh, the Shabbos we have uh, we mentioned uh, the other day also that we have four very spo- special portions that we read in the Torah, and the um, the four portions are Shkolim, Zachor, Para, and Hachodesh. Those are the four portions. Now, most of the time when we read the regular Torah reading, we read the portion of the week, and we don't really connect it to the time of the year we're in. So we read Pesach, you know, back in, in Hanukkah, and we're going to read uh, uh, something else in a later time. So it's going to be the um, um, whatever it comes out. And of course, we connected. We try to find connections, but then there is besides Yontev, which we also read from the what happens in any uh, special day, or you know even like on Purim itself, uh, we would uh, read something about Purim, uh, not Purim because there was no Purim, so we read about Amalek, which is descendant of Purim. On Hanukkah, we'll read about the dedication of the temple. We'll find a place during the holiday, but on Shabbos itself, for Shabbos, only. Read every day is just one portion of the of the of the sedra of the week, uh, but there are four portions which are added, and we take out a second sefer Torah on the Shabbos that precedes Rosh Chodesh, other either other or other sheni, depending if it's a leap year it's before other sheni. On the Shabbos before, or if it happens to be Rosh Chodesh, it'll be the Shabbos of Rosh Chodesh, we read the portion of Shkalim. Shkalim talks about the portion of Kisisa, in which they gave the half a shekel, which is a reminder for people to give the half a shekel so they can purchase the sacrifices for the new year, which begins with Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and that's done on Shabbat, traditionally now, even though we don't have the ha- real she- half shekel, we'll see soon on, on uh, Tainus Esther, we do the half a shekel, but we don't have the korbonos and things like that, so we give Tzedakah half a shekel, but just to commemorate that, on the Shabbos, either on Rosh Chodesh, or the Shabbos that precedes Rosh Chodesh, uh, other, either other or other sheni. If it's one year, it's other, or if it's two others, it's other before the sheni. We read the section of Shkolim, as we did last week. We did lesson of Shkolim. Now, this year, the way the schedule comes out, we're going to have a break, so that this Shabbat we're not going to take out a second Torah on this Shabbat because the Torah will be taken out the following Shabbat which means the Shabbos before Purim. Purim is going to be on Sunday. So the Shabbat before Purim, we read the section of Zachor, which we had a whole discussion, which is connected to Amalek, which is the uh, reason that Haman, who came from Amalek, continued Amalek's job to try to destroy the Jewish people. And we were Moiche Zechra Amalek. We were able to erase him and wipe him out. So we read in the Torah that Parsha Zohar. Then after Purim, on the Shabbos after Purim, we're going to read the Parsha's Parah. That's the Parsha of purity, and which the Efer, the Parah Duma, when a person is, came in contact with a corpse and they uh, clean. That is in preparation for the Korban Pesach, which we're going to read Parsha's Achodesh in the following Shabbos. These four that I just mentioned, it's like this. 
there is one Shabbos that interrupts. It's either, like this year, it's Shkalim, interruption, then it'll follow Zachar, Para, and Achodesh. <coughs> Sometimes it'll be the other way. You'll have Shkalim, then Zachar, right, the Shabbos afterwards. Then after Purim, you're going to have a break, and then you're going to have Para and Achodesh. So there is, uh, this Shabbos is a break where we don't have a, um, a uh, second Torah taken out over here, and we're going to take it out, the Parsha Zohar we're going to do on the next Shabbos. Now, this year is different than a usual year in which the fast day of Esther, called the Tainus Esther, always comes out on the day before Purim, on a regular year. Whenever Purim comes out, the fast of Esther comes the day before. It's different this year because since Purim is on Sunday, so the fast would be on Shabbos, and we're not going to fast on Shabbos. The only time we fast on Shabbos is Yom Kippur. Everything else is overrides. Shabbos overrides everything else. Now, normally, when there's a fast that comes out on a Shabbos, we're going to push off the fast till afterwards. But with Titus Esther, we make the fast before. We make it earlier. Normally, most of our fast day that we fast is sort of a fast because of troubles that we had. Besides, Yom Kippur is atonement, but the other four fast days that we fast, fast, which is Asara Betavis, and Tzom Gidalia, Asara Betavis, Shivasa Betamos, and Tishabav, these four fast days, they're all connected to the destruction of the Temple. So if one of those days comes out, like Tishabav, Shivasa Betamos, if they come out on Shabbos, we don't fast before. We fast afterwards. Why? Because we never want to start the trouble beforehand. Maybe Mashiach is going to come in Mitzvah the temple will be built. We're not going to have to fast at all. Why should we go fast earlier? We don't, as the Gemara says, we don't make a punishment, a fasting for something bad. We don't want to do it earlier. So we push it off. So, but there's an exception. The other fast that we fast is Tainus Esther. Tainus Esther is not for something that, for destruction of the temple. That's getting Hashem's help uh, to be victorious for all the, uh, commemorate the fast that they fasted in those days. So because of that, it's not a punishment. It's not bad fast. It's not a fast for bad. That's why we do it earlier. Now, once we do it earlier, we don't want to set it on Friday. Because your, your, your question you're asking at the time of Esther, when they were fasting over there, um, that was actually, it's a whole other question, what is this tiniest Esther that we fast today? The reason for the fast day is because the Jews got up on the 13th. Why are we fasting on the 13th? The other fast day that Esther fasted, that wasn't at this time at all. Uh-huh. That fast day... Uh, for for Esther, that was the you know in 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 Pesach time that was that w- that was at a different time. Uh, she went to see the king. Yes, but here the reason why we fast is that when the Jews got together on the thirteenth day of Adar to take revenge for their enemies, and then they rested on the fourteenth, they needed to ask Hashem for mercy. Yeah. So whenever the Jews had war, they always asked to Hashem to help them. 
we see that Moshe Rabbeinu, when we waged war with Amalek, he fasted. So we assume that at that day, Mordechai and Esther uh, fasted, and that was in the 13th of Adar, and that's why the Jewish people accepted this as a Tainus Esther, to remind us that Hashem listens and pays attention to our prayers when a person prays and returns to Hashem. So, what happens is that it's not connected to a tzara, it's connected to get mercy from Hashem, to get Hashem's help. And that's why we do it earlier. But, we don't want to do it on, on Friday. Because Friday, if we fast, so at least the beginning of the Shabbos is going to be uh, we're going to be faint when we come into Shabbos. That, that's not also good. Uh, we also, um, you know, are not going to be able to make our preparation for Shabbos properly when we're hungry. So therefore, we already, once we're moving it already, we're moving it before. If it would come out like a Sarbatevis comes out on a Friday, so then we fast on Friday because that's the date. The date is the tenth of Tevis, but here we're already not doing it on the regular day. We're doing it on an earlier date. So if we're doing it on an earlier date, we're going to do it on Thursday. So therefore, on the eleventh day of Adar this year, instead of the thirteenth, which is two days earlier, is the Tainus Esther. And uh, this fast day, as it says in the Kitzur, also it says here, it's a more lenient Tainus. Uh, it's a more lenient, it's probably the most lenient of the fast days because it's not like an a, a obligation in which we learned from the the other four fast days are mentioned in the Ksuvim, they're mentioned in the Pasuk about them, but this is not uh, mentioned over there. And therefore, uh, the uh, a woman who is um, pregnant or nursing mother, uh, a woman who... Uh, is given birth for 30 days and um, would be exempt from from fasting. Um, and this is general. Um, this is general um, uh, through um, with the fast day. Not only this year, especially this year, in which the fast is not even on the right day. But in general, um, it's more lenient. Um, the um, the um, the tricky thing is, but we spoke about before, is Rebbe explains. In other words, if it's nothing to do with Esther, it's just that the Jews fast. Why do we call it Tiny Esther? So why would we call it Tiny Esther? So the Rebbe answers this uh, elsewhere. Um, when we talk about a woman who's pregnant, um, he brings down here. We're talking about uh, either after 40 days, then it has already a status of pregnancy, or she feels extra weak. Uh, and a nursing mother means one who actually nurses, a uh, mother that nurses. And um, um, various halachas you have to check, you know, when you want to know. But it, the bottom line is, it's more lenient than the other fast. And um, um, without, as we have by all the other fast days, you don't go to sleep, uh, you can eat up till dawn, up till Amud Shachar, you can eat in the morning to go to sleep. If you go to sleep, and you have in mind before going to sleep that you're going to get up to eat or drink, so you should make a specific condition that I'm going to eat and drink when I get up, as long as it's before Aloysia Shachar. Uh, if you normally drink, 
when you get up, uh, you don't have to make uh, that condition as far as drinking goes. He's lenient as far as that goes. Um, I'm not sure exactly over here the the sources he brings down um, um, that if the person is necessary, then he can do that. But again, the specific, if you have a question, you should uh, check with a competent rabbi. One who um, um, and we also have the special prayer we have uh, on uh, on uh, Anenu. That's what we do on a fast day. We do Anenu. Now the way it's done is uh, in the morning um, you do Anenu as a blessing by itself. The Shliach Tzibur does the blessing of Anenu and that's done between the blessing of Goyal Yisrael and Rafa'enu, you put in a bracha by itself. And what is Anenu? Anenu is answer us in the day that we fast. It's a special prayer for a fast day. So that's put in. The community doesn't say, because it's just the morning, you know, you're not really fasting yet so much. The chazan goes ready, but everybody is just a morning prayer, so you're not really fasting, so the people don't say Anenu, because it's not yet the fast day. Yeah, most, a lot of people don't eat before they Davin anyway, so how are you going to say it's a fast day? The Shliach Tzibur makes it a bracha for everybody. Um, and, um, you know, if it's a shul, nobody's fasting, you know, then he's not going to say Anenu. You can only say Anenu. You need at least minimum three people that are fasting in the shul. Um, if, in the case if there isn't, so then you can still say it in the blessing Shemei Tefillah, and the community only says Anenu to Mincha, but we only say it in the um, in the blessing of Shemayat Fila. We insert it, as you look in the Siddur, we insert Anenu in the blessing of Shemayat Fila. We don't make a bracha by itself. The Shliach Tzibur by Mincha will also say the blessing by himself, between the uh, same as the morning will do. Now, then we have the Slichos, um, and the details of the Slichos that we do after the davening, uh, we do slichos, uh, and of course, because it's a fast day, uh, we do the reading of Vayichal. Um, and even if there's only three people fasting, uh, you can do Vayichal. Again, if you don't have three people fasting, you're going to read the regular. If it's Thursday, like this year, you're just going to do the regular portion. You can't do the fasting. You can't do that special. Uh, but you need uh, you need three people to fast. You need in order to do that. Now, um, and as you know, there's a special way we say some of the verses we say out loud. Uh, when the uh, Balkorah gets to them, we say it out loud. Hashem Hashem and Slach Lavenin. We do those, those Sokim Shum Echren Apecha. Hashem Hashem, Kilrachem Venake, Til Vzlach Lavenin. And then we have the special custom to us tradition in which we give the machatzis a shekel, the half a shekel. Usually it's done on, 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 on tiny sester. If you didn't do it, you can do it later on, which means you take a half a shekel and you give it for tzedakah, especially for the synagogue or for the study hall, which are similar to Mishkan and the Mikdash. That's a sanctuary. It's a place of, of study, a place of prayer. And... Um, we do it on the fast day. We do it on, on, on Tainus Esther before Mincha. And that's a remembrance to the half a shekel, which is 
connected to Purim. Because what happens is, when uh, Haman offered uh, Achashverosh all these uh, 10,000 uh, silver uh, shekels to give him the Jews so that he can kill them, uh, 10,000 pieces of... Hashem says, the Jews have given shekels before you. Uh, that is when the Jews gave the shekels as a gift. So therefore, um, the connection is, therefore the machzah shekel should be before Purim. It's done on the fast day. Each one uh, gives three coins, which are a half from the coins in that place where you are. So if you're in America, you give a half a dollar. That's the currency over here. Um, now he says, minimally, anyone who's 20 years old, because in the Torah, you, the gifts that we go, we're almost done, so I'm not going to bother with the heat now. Um, with the, uh, the, um, in the Torah, the, the requirement was 20-year-olds. To be counted. To be counted. They gave the half a shekel, 20-year-olds. But minimally, it should be the 20-year-olds. But, uh, but the uh, 13 is better. It's also proper that to educate also the children to give a half a shekel from their uh, own money. And there's also a tradition that is spread out to give for all the family members. It brings down over there that give a machzah a shekel and the Mughan of Rome to give a machzah a shekel for... Uh, and it's brought down in Hogim that the Rebbe would give a machzah a shekel for, for the Rebetzin and for the younger children. Uh, as the halacha is that if they give a shekel you can take from them. You don't only have to take it from the adults. You can take it from the from them too. So that's been the tradition to give a machzah shekel for every fa- in every family member. But the um, parents should see that the kids should be able to give it. You know, maybe <laughs> replace the. <laughs> you want them to give it from their own, but you give them so that they have what to give, and that they shouldn't take away their whole allowance so they have from what they need separately so they should be able to give it in a way that they shouldn't be lacking anything and still give from their own money the machzah shekel and mincha uh, is, is again is the regular uh, fast day mincha which is the Ketoris, uh, Vaidaber, the Ketoris, Ashrei, Hafkadish, you do the Kriya, Vaichal, like we did in the morning. And the third one gets the Maftir, and there is no Hafkadish, you do the Aftor Dushemimotse, and you make the three brachas, Yalun, Hafkadish. Now, one has to fast really in order to call to, to go to the Torah. Now, what happens? Uh, what happens if. Um, Let's say you call somebody up to the Torah and he's not fasting. You shouldn't really go up to the Torah and get an aliyah, but you know it's going to be sort of maybe embarrassing or something, or it's uh, not nice. So you should go up anyways, he says. Okay? Uh, so, um, and then the, the, with Anenu, if you forget Anenu Shemei Tefillah, you can say it... Uh, Anywhere before the end of Bracha Hashem, if you say Hashem, then you say it after Elakai Nitzar, before the last Yulrotzin, you say it over there. And the Shlich Tzibur says it like in the morning, he says it in a Bracha by itself. And 
in those places where some people they duchen, you know, every day they would duchen today too. But we do the berches kohanim, the chazan does because the reason by mincha we don't do berches kohanim is because we're afraid that during the daytime you may have had something to drink, and someone who drinks is not a lot of duchen or do the service. So, uh, but in this case, it's a fast day. We don't worry about that, and we do tachnun and we do avinu malkenu, and um, the rabbi also. Um, the um, uh, would give a talk you know, called Divrei Kivushim to get people encouragement at the fast day to strengthen ourselves in uh, in, in all matters of Torah and mitzvahs and um, and I guess if you do all these proper preparation the next thing is you have uh, Shabbos, the Parsha Zohar and then Purim which we will continue